What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. How you feeling there, Greg? I'm all right. How are you? Hanging in there. Yeah, it's all we can do. 2020 continues to pound <laughs> us into nothing. Yeah, keeps beating the shit out of everyone. Exactly. Uh, uh, huh? No, just, oh, uh, that was a long sigh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just oh. a broken down sigh. Because it is, of course, six months into the worst year on record. Uh, over there. Wait, hold on. Already? Hey, oh, my God. He's yeah. above We're on me. Month six. Right above yeah, me. Yeah, man in the center he is the hispanic heartthrob texas treat latino heat clicking heads and ripping them to shreds the globe trotting head trotting uh hold on real quick have you thought any more about redoing this intro remember last week we talked about this and you got very defensive about I it i thought about it for about a second i said i don't give a shit all right cool. <laughs> the globe trotting headshot nitro rifle from twitch.tv andy cortez how's it going greg how are we doing i'm, I'm hanging in there. i was how looking at you down there did you see me did you see me down there Oh, no, I didn't. I saw, I got distracted by Nick wheeling himself out of the room. He was getting <laughs> a fart the out. Does not, just will not white balance if you want to. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> this is what I'm uh, setting it at our temperature. I'm setting it to 4,800, and this is what I get. I'm telling you, whenever I have colored lights, I look it's like I have jaundice, man. So bad, this fucking camera. Look, I'm going all blue. Fuck it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's your favorite color. Oh, yeah. We always call you you're the blue boy. Nick's well, it was the warmest you know, color. With Nick's car. Exactly. Uh, Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. The second best baby blues in San Francisco, aka the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. Wait, real quick. He said blue is the warmest color when he could have said something that's true. Blue is the coolest color. Blue is the hottest color. Oh, he's skipping now. If I didn't know that, you would think Nick is in a horror movie. Like we're getting the feed, and he's like, like it's all framing, and he's like rolling back, and he's gonna roll that door up, and there's a skeleton standing there. I'm just trying to get my camera look normal. Oh, no, whatever so you whatever now. you've done now it's super laggy now you're like all framing and way behind like God you should have just it. let it roll God, <laughs> God, what just happened now that's better the, the server that i suggested did we switch servers that's way better yeah yeah yeah. okay <laughs> i went to central and rounding out the <laughs> pentet awful podcast <laughs> the okb's blessing eddie oye junior have y'all heard about COVID nineteen? It's like getting real bad. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, it's getting it's getting bad out there. I feel 000 like thousand new cases in a week. That? Yeah, <sighs> they're saying that like over the last couple of days, it's just you know it's it's all riling up again because of all the yeah, protests, everyone about... and stuff. It's crazy, man. Wait, is well, that real? Yeah, but yeah. there's also because yeah. a lot of states are starting to ease up the restrictions and we're going to see a lot of it's just going to happen. The second they're everyone starts back. coming back, the idea was that we would have enough infrastructure in place that when the and hopefully the summer would flatten it out even further. Um, but I just think it's going to be no matter what, we're, we're all headed toward at least another one of these shelter in places at some point this year. So don't don't do what I would was going to do, which was Lick take people. this Yeti mic and uh, actually the Yeti mic's good. Take that Logitech Brio, just smash it on the fucking ground like office space in a month when we all come back. Uh, you're going to have to put that bad boy in the closet because it's going to have to come back out. OK, Andy. Andy I'm going to go back to my, I'm going back to my other fucking but why andy it renders your skin tone so well you it, it gets the natural jaundiceness of your skin <laughs> to really come out maybe you just haven't seen the sun in a while maybe that's what you look like no man i go out for walks every day but you just walk to the corner store and get like snackums 
No, no, no. I walk up to the to this hill that like I Tim saw that me like this photo I posted of where I was. Uh-huh. And Tim was like, oh, wow, you really walked. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's, man. it's pretty far from where it is. <laughs> I was going to say Tim was just like driving by and saw you. Yeah. <laughs> just, saw <laughs> just saw Andy walking and like followed you from a few blocks behind for a while. No, no, no. It's so no, hot it's... in my room, man. It's the same here. It's ridiculous. I'm just saying, Greg, yeah. I know that I know that it would be a there it is, Andy. Andy's know, getting the ring for I know it would be a uh, a commitment, but you and I, he's got two big curtains back there. We could hide yeah. behind him whenever yeah. we want. Wait yeah. for him to go to bed. Wait till he starts to snore a little. And then just slowly climb into the bed with him and start breathing hot air onto him. <laughs> hot <laughs> air on me. God. Here's what I'm yeah, going right. to say, though. It, it, that's one way to do it, and I'm not against it. But here's the one way I want to go with it. Not enough uh, spaghetti sauce pranks are happening these days. <laughs> and oh, there's so much that can be done with spaghetti sauce. What you know, is what they they want to prank me. That's what... That's what... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not listening to the podcast in a while. Is spaghetti sauce like a thing? Like a running? No, we're introducing it this week right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're live. You're live right. on the spaghetti yeah. sauce podcast and what we could do with it. Because it would be funny, of course, to get in there and breathe on him. But think if he just keeps waking up in a bundle of spaghetti sauce, he doesn't know what's happening, right? No, he'll and know exactly he, what's happening. And then when he goes on one of these fucking walks, he loves to do. He's he's out there on a walkabout trying to find himself, John Locke style, right? You know what we do? We get trash bags varying sizes nick we fill those with spaghetti sauce and then slowly start putting them in the room okay the first day comes back there's a tiny garbage bag full of spaghetti sauce like, that's weird no if there's day, a bigger one slightly bigger yeah nick sarpino if there's a shortage on. if there's a shortage on spaghetti sauce can we use oatmeal because I, I saw an episode of that 70s show where they accidentally dumped a pot of oatmeal on Red's head. And boy, was he steamed. And to be clear, like you saw Whatever an episode. Nick, that wasn't like 10 years ago. You saw no. an episode where they did that. That was like the last couple days. Whatever has days happened ago. in the last week is the thing that Nick will talk about the most. <laughs> 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 to be fair, that 70s like, show is a great show. I mean, it's sure, yeah, sure, sure, blessed. But like, you know, if, if Nick is referencing Shawshank Redemption, it's because he watched it last night. <laughs> yeah. Okay, first off, this coming from the three people that cannot stop referencing episodes of The Office from like 10 years <clears throat> ago. Don't so, even get me started. Great show. Great <laughs> great have you watched Space Force yet? Has anyone started watching Space Force no. yet? Dude, I watched episode one. It's all right. Is it, is it trash? I mean, no. it's not trash. I, uh, it's like very fine. I watched the whole thing. I really enjoyed it. I've heard from several people that it's like it it kind of didn't reach its expectations, you know, but it was still like a seven and a half out of ten. Well, people are expecting that's where where I'm at. The second coming of the office, right? Yeah, but I thought it was going to be. It's like like nothing like it, though, which is the thing. Like as somebody who's watched very few episodes, the episodes of The Office watching Space Force, I'm like this. This has nothing in common with the office aside from Steve Carell. Yeah. And the and the showrunners or whatever. But I thought it was gonna yeah. be I thought it was gonna be a workplace style comedy like Parks and Rec or like The Office where they have the one on one interviews and they're talking to the camera every once in a while. I thought it was gonna be like, here's a documentary. We're a documentary crew filming uh the Space Force order, but it's just a straight up like any other sitcom. Without that would have been, awesome. that would have been smarter. Yeah, this, it, you're right. Like from the preview that I've seen, it looks like a straightforward, just like single camera sitcom. Yeah, but it's yeah. fine. I mean, Steve Carell's hair is gray. He's got a great hairline. So, I mean, it's all it's fake, gone gray. Good for him. Is it fake? I mean, yeah, he lost his hair. He was losing his hair like crazy in season one of The Office. Season was one of The really? Office. He's like you wouldn't even recognize him. Basically. He's a chud. Yeah. <sighs> no, God. Greg. No, that's not the right the proper use of that term. Isn't it? 
Google <laughs> Chud, the movie oh, Chud, man. and look at the look at the that's, poster for it. That that's sounds what like a product that they're selling Wait, for like thought, a like a thermos. The real Google quick, Chud. what wasn't it that they they put a bunch of product in the hair? That's why it looks so thin. In the first well, no. season, I thought we were talking about. Sure was was like, I don't remember Chad's hair. <laughs> he was just losing. No, Steve Crow was just losing his so, hair. I don't cannibalistic know. humanoid underground dwellers. That's the yeah, Chad here. That's they're Chud. not staying down. They're not staying down there anymore. Is the tagline? Well, that's a yeah, dumb tagline. They're gross looking. No, the I'm other tag. There's another tagline here that says we can't hold them back anymore. That's better. But, Greg, uh, look up I'm Chud. Dad too. from Home Alone is in Chud. Look up Chud too. Is that Panic in Manhattan? No, Daniel Chud Stearns two, and Bud Chud? the Chud. Hell Chud two, yeah. Bud the Chud. Yeah, there he is. All right. Uh, their first mistake was stealing a corpse. <laughs> <They're> st- <laughs> <laughs> Why does that sound like something Greg would do? <laughs> My first mistake was stealing a corpse. <laughs> their first mistake was stealing a corpse. Their second was waking him up. Tim, can, can that can the title of this episode be kind of funny no. podcast? Our first mistake was stealing a corpse. No, no. Oh man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of funny podcast each and every week. Four, sometimes five. Best friends gather on this table, each coming to talk about whatever it is that's going on in their lives. If you want to bullshit with us, you can head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. You, of course, can submit your topics for the show. You can get the show ad free. You can do uh, the exclusive post show that is only available on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can get each and every episode on youtube.com slash kind of funny podcast services around the globe uh, each and every week. Um, Different kind of episode, I would assume, this week. Uh, housekeeping for you first, I guess. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, Cameron Reagan, Kieran O'Donnell. Yeah, I got that. Steve Powers, Julian. <laughs> their first mistake was stealing a corpse. <laughs> Steve Powers, Julian, the gluten-free gamer. How did you know that? Why is Chud 2 on your mind? Me? Uh, yeah. Let's Google it. And then I saw the image. I didn't believe Delaney it. Delaney Twitter was real. Uh, Lee Polera, Polera, uh Dr. Farmer Mike. Is that a new one for anybody else? That's That's a new one I, for I've me. never heard that one. It's yeah, just we have the new both a doctor and a farmer. Well, no, 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 no. I, I know that I know. Let me, let me, let me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Con- I don't mean is it. I know that it's a new name for the kind of funny podcast. I mean, like, is has he been supporting the morning shows and I didn't see him? Because no. Dr. Farmer Mike no. sounds like a But here, here we go. Here, here what it is now. Here's what it is now. Dr. Farmer Mike, attorney at law. That's what it is now. He's covering everything. Covering everything. And then Connor Nolan is back. Remember Connor Nolan, everybody from the earlier show? Kono. Yeah, no, Connor Nolan, remember? Can I went to school with him, remember? Greg. Like, God God over that Greg. Kid. Now we just call him that. The joke know? made no sense the first time. <laughs> I mean, it makes it sense that I went to school with a kid named Connor Dow, and Connor Nolan's name reminds me of that. So now Connor Nolan's <laughs> nickname is Connor Dow. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Does that not make sense to you? Uh, not at all. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And that's the show. Now we're into the thing. God, this fucking year. Am I right? Yeah. yeah it's yeah, kicking man. it. It's kicking Holy us up in the ass, man. Shit. I can't believe it gets worse every day somehow. And yeah. we thought the pandemic would be enough, but now we're in a civil war. I mean, getting <laughs> yeah. ahead of it here, the headline of this video is Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter. And with everything yeah. that's going on right now, it's like we we need to talk about this and continue to talk about this. I feel like we've always tried to, you know, put our money where our mouth is and, you know, stand up for what's right. But it's more important than ever now. And it's truly inspiring to see how many people are unified with all of this and, and you know, trying their, their best trying at all 
I think we're so far from anything being actually solved, but it's it's definitely oh, yeah. steps in the the right direction. And you know, it's it's a scary time, man. I, and I can't even imagine how scary it is for for other people that are not like me. Um, but well, the crazy thing is, like the protests seemed like events that have happened like this in the past like six years seem to sort of spike a protest and then it comes down and it doesn't feel like anything's happening. This feels different. This feels like everyone's the collective energy of of the anger and the fear of the pandemic going into this has made this like a super, like the energy is insane right now. And it is unleashed protests across the entire country, which is a um, world pretty amazing to see. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess they are worldwide. Um, I just think in terms of, of America um, just because that's obviously the things that I'm seeing, like, you know, I have, I see my friends go out to the protests in Oakland and get tear gassed and it's like fucking a, this is, this is a crazy time we're living through right now. 20, 2020 is going to go down as one of those years that, Hopefully, a lot of uh, my finger fingers crossed. You always see these things. You hope that a lot of positive stuff comes out of this, or at least some positive change comes out of this. Not the least of which is like, hey, maybe our maybe our response to just taking the pandemic, for instance, maybe our responses to future pandemics can be dictated by how much we've royally fucked this one up, um, and maybe we can learn something from that, and maybe not disassociate ourselves from the World Health Organization like our president wants us to. Um, and you know, and then as far as like the Black Lives Matter movement is concerned, I mean, I think this. This proves that there is so much, so much far like distance to go in this still, and people are just at their fucking wits' end, and rightfully so. Like seeing protests go for a week across the entire nation is, it on some level it's terrifying, but on some level there's a part of me that's like, yeah, that's what people, that's what we should do, that's what people should be doing right now because this is ridiculous. It's it's and like that- ridiculous that this guy it took them so long to arrest him. It took them so long to figure out. Now they're still going back and forth as to whether or not they should bring charges against the other three cops. And I'm like, that's that shouldn't even be a question. Like, why is any of this a question? But so, of course, yeah, if you somehow missed it, of course, uh, May 25th, uh, George Floyd was murdered in a suburb of Minneapolis. Right. Uh, They call it a community Powderhorn community. I'm not familiar enough with the Minneapolis breakdown there. And, yeah, they didn't immediately or they immediately fired the four cops involved, finally arrested uh, Derek uh, Chauvin. Right. And now we're waiting on that. But it took so long that yeah, everything's spiraled out of control in terms of getting this ramped up and setting off this powder keg that I think is. Uh, it has been brewing for so long, but I think has been influenced so much by this pandemic that we're all locked up. You're all there. And obviously, it ha- is fueled by years and years. I mean, hundreds of years of this shit happening. Let alone the fact, you know, I, I whenever we talk about this and people bring up, you know, like kind of funny is not a kind of funny is afraid to take a stand or kind of funny doesn't talk about serious issues or this issue even. I always go back right that like. I had to look it up, but you know, I remember the Ferguson episode of the Game Over Greg Show, August twenty fifth, two thousand fourteen, and I remember being so fired up and doing that, and almost crying at one point, right when we were talking about the fact that, I, or I was talking about, I should say, sorry, not to put it on you guys, making this point that this just keeps happening, and it's this cycle where it happens, then the next week something else happens, and we forget about it, and then you get three or four new cycles away before something like this happens again, and it is another video of someone being murdered in the streets, right? A a black man being murdered in the streets, and nothing actually happening, and so that's what's you know, as terrifying as it is to be alive right now in every word, and I mean, as anxiety-inducing as it is in every uh, moment, I feel like every time you refresh Twitter or look at Instagram or anything, like, this is the first time I wonder if there is an actual change about to happen. Like if we can actually do something here, because I do feel like 
obviously with a Ferguson, with Black Lives Matter, with all the movements and all the uh, black men who have been killed by police officers, right? There's the outcry, there's the sharing of the video, there's the think pieces, and then we move on. It does feel like, and granted, we're in the middle of it right now. We're in the storm still, right? You know, a week removed. Uh, it still feels like this is a greater thing than before. Like this is a bigger movement than before. If it does, yeah, it kind of remind me of like the Me Too movement where where it's not going to it's got a longer where, tail yeah where where i think we finally started seeing some action or whatever and i i you know i try to be optimistic and it's it's fucking hard to be right um and i just i don't know it's just it's it's tough to sort of it's tough to to look at social media and you always feel like you can do more um you always feel like am i doing enough at least i do um and i you know, I just want to try to to amplify, you know, black and uh, black women and men voices out there that don't feel like they've really been listened to. And this is this is why all the anger is happening, because they haven't been listened to. Right. Yeah. For me, it, it's interesting because I think having a direct analog to the Meet Too movement, I think one of the things that made that so important and have such a long tail was that people actually were held accountable and are now on trial, namely Harvey Weinstein being sort of the figurehead of of the disgusting uh, acts that people have perpetrated specifically in Hollywood. How, watching him go through trial and watching him disintegrate, I'm not saying like I don't, I don't drive any joy from that because I don't drive any joy from any human being suffering at all. I don't care what they've done. But but seeing him being held accountable and seeing a, a powerful Hollywood mogul like that actually go to jail along with the likes of a guy like Bill Cosby, who was, you know, b- being accused of being a serial rapist, that that I think says a lot more than anything that we could possibly say on Twitter or on Instagram. I think that mm-hmm. specifically for this, this is why I'm so disappointed that there wasn't swift action with these cops, at least take them into custody and figure out. If like and, and and I hate to do that, but like you see the video, right? As a district attorney, I know why they're like, we got to get this one right. There's no way we can't. We, like we have to dot all our eyes and cross all our t's on this because this is a crazy issue. But like at the same time, you see that, and you know that people, like anyone, could look at that and be like, oh, this guy's got to at least get arrested, right? Maybe there's extenuating circumstances that we'll deal with later, but take his ass into custody because he just blatantly killed someone, uh, and they don't do that for a week. Like, come on, guys, what, what what's like, how do you not expect this stuff to happen? And the more these things happen, the bigger the protests are going to be until the people that are in charge, the, the head of the police, the, the local government, the state government finally realize that if this shit, if you let shit slide like this, well, then it's going to start hitting the city where it hurts, which is the, the property values and, and their wallets. And like, yeah. I hate I hate to keep bringing it back to that. But really, that's what it boils down to. Is it like unless you start unless people start getting hit so hard financially that they don't get <clears throat> reelected or then then I, I don't know if there's ever going to be change that's effective. But for right now, for sure, the pandemic and now this protest is if you're in government right now, you're thinking, holy shit, how the hell do we make it so that neither of these things never happen again? Because this is like cataclysmic for everything. Bless, where's your head been at? Because I I made sure to watch that podcast during the uh, where you were on Cully Fadden's Spawn on Me, Spawn on Me yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I listened to maybe like 75% of that. Um, and I just thought it was so like, it's one of those things where you think you may know the experiences. You think you may know what black men and women go through every day, but you really don't unless you fucking listen, you know? Yeah. It's been, it's been an interesting week to, to see everything unfold, especially on social media. Um, I want to give a shout out to you guys uh, because kind of funny games daily. I've been hosting 
every single day this week. And we've been having those conversations there. Shout out to Paris and Khalif. And I think Khalif especially, uh, toward the beginning of that episode, kind of laid things out in a way that I think was well said and well heard. Um, this week is this week has been interesting for me as somebody who for me kind of seeing the seeing these protests happen and seeing the response and all these things has been weird like it's it's one of those things where i'm like all right this is a thing that this is a thing that's not a new thing as far as police brutality as far as racism as far as as far as violence against black people as far as black death it's not necessarily been a new thing and so to see the response now uh you know the analogy to the Me Too movement. I think is interesting because I think the thing that was dope about the Me Too movement is the is the idea that that was an eye opening for a lot of us. Like a lot of us, I think, just didn't realize the the amount in which that was happening as far as right. sexual abuse, as far as women being mistreated, as far as all these things. And for this right here, like as far as the death of George Floyd and violence towards blacks and police brutality, the George Floyd thing for me wasn't like an an eye opening thing. I think the George Floyd the, the George Floyd thing was a continuing of a thing that we've all kind of known has been an issue like yeah. you know greg mentioned ferguson ferguson was a, was a thing that we're all like aware about that's the thing that we all saw um uh, trayvon martin was another one that we all that we all saw and that we've all <clears throat> been aware of like this has been an issue forever and i met i mentioned this on kind of funny games daily this morning because we're, we're, we're recording this on tuesday that i remember the first instance of me seeing police brutality like portrayed in the media was back home there was a kid high school age actually the same the same age as me um who was essentially murdered in his backyard and i had to go back and like look up the article because i i couldn't remember all the details of it and going through it it was just one of those things of like yeah this is like it's like violence against blacks from police has been essentially an everyday thing like a very consistent thing that the george floyd case just put on a camera uh and that's a, that's the thing that's been happening more and more within the last but not, even, years, right? not even put it on a camera like we've you know we've had this with eric garner and like we've seen yeah. this before but i think like maybe because there's no sports and there's nothing else happening in the world that now everybody's focus is finally sort of tuned in for some reason because because we're all have to we're all forced inside and forced to see this stuff that maybe now that's why more people maybe. are paying attention to it it's possible i don't know i, I, like, I, the, I, the I think Okay, I'll say the, the the thing over the last couple of weeks that actually got to me a bit more was seeing the Amy Cooper situation, which Amy Cooper was the lady a couple of weeks ago who was walking her her dog in Central Park, and I believe she didn't like have a leash or she wasn't taking care of the do- care of the dog properly, uh, and so another dude, a black dude, was asking her to hey like can you put a leash on your dog, um, to which she was like hey like stop harassing me if you continue to harass me I'm gonna call the police and tell them that there's an African American male who's harassing me and he was just, and he who's started being recording aggressive. Her, like, yeah, she was being who's being aggressive towards me. Yet, <clears throat> and you know he keeps he keeps asking her like, "Hey, you know, just put a leash on your dog." And he starts recording, and she proceeds to call the police and describe him as like, "Yeah, there's an there's an African American male who is harassing me right now in Central Park." And for me, that was the thing over the last few weeks that had me go like, "Wow, like people are so aware of the racism and so aware of the system and so aware of all the things that are fucked up that white people are taking advantage of it." Yeah, which she is knows, she knows that what? that term african-american male is going to trigger a certain uh response from police that hey there's a dude that's pissing me off wouldn't right yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And so like and being horrible. being in tune the last couple of weeks, right? Like George Floyd, of course, hurt my heart. Um, Ahmaud Arbery also hurt my heart. Like there's been like a lot of cases within the last year, within the last 10 years, within the last like with, with, within my whole life, actually, that have like hurt my heart in terms of seeing black people yeah. die. Um, but yeah, like si- seeing the ways in which people can can people are aware of it. People know what's going on. People know, know what's happening and weaponize. have. Yeah, they take that and they weaponize it. Uh, that's been the kind of that's been the thing that's been not the most fucked up because the fucked up thing is the death. But I don't know. It, it, it's granted kind of a, a, a new lens uh, to everything going on. But yeah, as far as like the last the the, the last week, my head's been kind of all over the place. I think I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of with I forget if it was Tim or if it was somebody else who, who said this here. But like I'm kind of with I'm kind of happy to see people kind of unite and come together and kind of and and actually want to fight against depression and fight fight uh against against all the shit um but i for me it makes me wonder if this is the end which i don't think it is like it makes me wonder like when it no. when is the end which that seems like it'll be far away i don't think it's the end and i don't think it's the end because you know if you look at the me too movement i don't think that ended uh you know uh, men behaving poorly against women or women being abused mm-hmm. in in hollywood or in the workplace um it just went along i think it it helps progress that movement far 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 way farther than i've seen it in my entire lifetime but remember also like the me too movement is not something that like when you say eye-opening everyone knows that women have been sexually harassed by guys it's just as a collective society we've been allowed up until a couple years ago to just see it and then go okay well i'm not doing it so i don't need to worry about it right and then the Me Too movement happens, and then it questions. Then you suddenly, and every guy, hopefully, if you're if you're you know a decent human being, you start thinking to yourself, "Wait a minute, have I at some point said something or done something that made someone uncomfortable, even if it's unbeknownst to me? Do I need to be more aware of that? Do I need to view women differently now and view my own actions differently now? And for me personally, I absolutely did. Like mm-hmm. I looked at the stuff that I when, when how I used to talk in front of people when I was a dumb shit twenty year old at IGN, and I think, wow, like. That would not fly right now, and it shouldn't fly right now because you have to treat people with way more respect, or at least, at least have have respect for the people who are listening in, in the room around me when I say stupid shit in front of people, right? Yeah. Um, and so I feel like this, you know, there's a difference between being eye opening to the individual and having a collective eye opening. And I feel like this is one of the first times I really feel like, okay, well now we're seeing consequences. So now everyone's saying, oh shit, we can't push this anymore we can't just go uh that i don't do that so i don't have to worry about it now everyone has to worry about it because everyone's standing up and making everyone worry about it um which by the way again i hate to remind everyone is the most american fucking thing we possibly could do so anyone who's saying these protesters are in the wrong uh granted i i know there's areas of minutiae where people are committing acts of violence to protest or i don't stand by that but i absolutely stand by their right to get out there and protest and march and make their voices heard um, because that that is the most American yeah. thing we could possibly do. So when yeah. the president tells you you shouldn't be doing that, he's wrong. Straight there up, will, there will take always American be... out of it. It's not. It's not even about that. It's it's about doing the right thing and standing up for what is right. And I think that that with all of this, it it I think to me the most important thing here is to not get distracted. And we've done this topic so many times now, and I feel like we've we've gone in circles about like. What can we do? I don't know what to do. It's like, we need to just keep doing this. We all need to keep doing this. We all need to do it together. We need to be loud about it. And I think that the most important thing is not being distracted. It's not allowing yourself to get bogged down by the gatekeeping that happens where someone tells you that you're doing it wrong or that you're not doing this enough or that you you should have been doing this earlier or this whatever. Take all of that and take it in. Listen 
and just make, make your next step based on the knowledge that you just learned. Don't fight with them. Don't argue with them. That's not the point. Like if someone calls you a racist for something that you're trying to do, don't tell them I'm not racist, be not racist, move forward and just be better with that. And I think that that is something that so much of this right now is people getting bogged down in. it's like, this doesn't matter. People are dying. They're not just dying now. They've been dying forever. And they're going to continue to keep dying. This isn't going to end. And it'll never end. The Me Too thing will never end. None of this mm-hmm. is going to end. It needs, it needs to get better though. And I think that we all need to continue to do what we're doing and not be distracted by the nonsense that doesn't matter, the the name calling, the the whatever it is. None of that shit fucking matters. Yeah, I think I've I think I've kind of finally gotten to a point uh over over this past week where it's just sort of you know, the emotion the emotions have just bottled up for so long to the point where I'm just like if there are no yeah buts with any of this. There are no, yeah, that black guy got killed, but no, 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 there's none of that. Like if you, if it's straight up, if you're not with us, you're against us. And I don't want you a part of this. If you're not going to be together, you know, like if you're not going to be. Like if you're not going to be preaching the same shit that we've been. I don't know, man. It's just so tough. Like, I don't want you a part of this community if you feel a certain way, you know? Well, I mean, I feel like I, I feel like people have a range of emotions. And I and and I I the one thing I don't like is that I don't I don't like seeing people not like afraid to discuss the the minutiae of some of these issues, right? Like you obviously the, the big issue comes down for me is when people start talking about the police. And I am not of the mind that all police are bad. Because that's not that that just can't possibly be the case. What I am of the mind of is that some police do bad things and aren't held accountable. And to me, that guys, is what's up. Les? How do you guys feel about the How do you guys feel about the phrase uh, "all cops are bastards"? Because that's like a thing that's been circulating A-Cab. around. It's been a thing. I, yeah, A-Cab. I don't. All- I don't know. I mean, that's the first time I'm hearing it, but it doesn't sound like a very positive term. I'll put it that way. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) So me, go back to the distraction stuff, man. And it's just like we we need to not get caught up in the shit that doesn't matter. And like, yeah, there's like shit that doesn't matter. This minutia and stuff. It's like to me that thing about stuff. Yeah, but to me, like, go ahead, bless. Uh, well, the the phrase "all cops are bastards." If I if I understand it correctly from from the things that I've honest like honestly like the main the main source was actually a, a TikTok that fucking broke it down in a way where I was like, huh, that that's interesting. But it it's not necessarily meant to imply that all cops are bad people. Uh, it's essentially saying that the system the system is broken. The cop the 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 systems that the cops are meant to enforce is a broken system. That was brought up with racism in mind that was brought up with with mm-hmm. imbalances of power in mind and the cops are enforcing those systems uh and so essentially essentially they are enforcing a bastardized system the co- all cops are bastards that's essentially where the where the mm-hmm. phrase comes from as far as i understand it yeah whenever and people that, talk about that, that phrase that to me yeah. is the thing where i'm like that don't get distracted by that and if, if you're a cop and you're being called a bastard you need to think about what you're doing you need to really think about your actions because don't get caught up in being called names. Who gives a fuck about these stupid ass names? Bastards, who cares? Don't be that. And if you believe you're not, then you're not. You're doing it yeah, right. I, I think the most pushback that we'll get is, you know, is how can you guys be on the side of these protesters? These protesters are, are throwing bricks through walls. They're beating up people. But like, I, I just think there's been so many situations where where the police have been the agitators and we've I've seen so many like I'm not going to say that that these protesters are 100% peaceful of course not there's always going to be bad apples in groups like that there's going to be 
I, I think a large majority of people out there marching are marching out there because they want to get their point across and they want to let everybody know how they feel. But there's going to be a small percentage of people that are just there to incite violence, that are just there to fuck shit up and throw For bricks sure. through windows and try to start fights and stuff. And then what eventually happens is people are getting fucking tear gas and shot with rubber bullets and getting their eyes knocked out and getting shot on their front porch or through their windows, like, or on their balconies, like, and it just, it just, it, it just keeps on multiplying and exponentially getting worse. And I just, I think cops really need to look at this and be like, after watching Trump talk and sounding like a fucking dictator and sounding like a, like an absolute, like authoritarian leader. That's just trying to say like, if you, you know, the army's coming after your ass, you know, if, if, Mm. It's just I can't believe evil. we've gotten to Disgusting this disgusting evil. It's insane, See, dude. Yeah, I mean, for just just a note on the violence of, the, of protests. Like, I I'm not gonna sit here and say like you know just because you're mad that means you can go do violence against another human being. That's that's never gonna fly in my book, and I don't care what the political issue is. Um, but like again, I think it boils down to if you're going out there and your purpose is to do violence, then you should be held accountable for that as well. If you go, if you're a human being and you attack another human being, I don't care if if you think your cause is just. It's not cool. Um, or if you and have or if you have a badge, I was going to say the same goes for the cops, right? You cannot, yeah. that is like at the core of our legal system, it should be about if you break the law, you go to jail. And that, and, and for a lot of people who are wondering why there's frustration is because that is not necessarily that, that core fundamental of our legal system doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. And that's not cool. Right. Yeah. There's two things that that I think about this week that that really annoy me uh, to the point where like, I just, I, I can't deal with it. It's one is that, you know, looking at this video, it should not be a question that these guys were in the wrong, right? I mean, granted, they've had people say, come out and say, oh, he had a medical condition. He was this. He was that. Okay, but you're still having four people's weight, body weight on one person. That's gonna, And the guy was asking for help. For eight and, and this, a half minutes. And this is what kills me is that if I felt like I – am in a place of in my in you know as as an american where i feel like the police are here to protect and serve me but if i didn't feel that way and not everyone feels that way that would be terrifying it would be terrifying to pay taxes and to have people out there who are supposed to be looking out for me who aren't held accountable and they could just come in and hurt me whenever they want that's where the frustration comes from that's where the fear comes from and that's unacceptable that has to be that just has to be stopped and the way you stop it unfortunately is you have to stop protecting bad cops and you have to put good yeah. cops in, out into the field uh preferably from the community in which they they are serving and living hopefully and get them out there and make it and make it so there's not this uh this perpetuated institutionalized racist fear where every time it's us versus them quote unquote of us being the cops them being the, you know the citizens and i think a lot of a lot of cops i talk to think about it as a as almost war and it's like it's i don't know that it should be thought of like that because that frames your mentality in such a you know a, a, a ones and zeros sort of like black and white issue and it's not that it shouldn't be that way that's yeah. the scariest thing because when it, when you're talking about the cops and the good cops bad cops and all of that and we see now all of these freaking horrifying fucking videos over the last week over the last forever but specifically the last week and you see the cops that are, uh, you know, taking the riot gear off and they're just like they're they're joining the protest and whatever. It's like that stuff needs to keep happening. What's scary is the cops that are the good cops that are turning their badges in and quitting because that means the good cops are no, no longer bad. part of That's the That's not system. good. Right? It's only the bad ones. And like that is so scary that it's going to continue going that way. But something needs to be fucking done. And it's like I'm, I'm somewhat conflicted because like. At a certain point, like it's not it it's 
it's not on the individual level anymore with the cops. At a certain point, it is the system that is fucked. Like it, it is like the amount of power that cops have and the amount of power that they can abuse and they could uh, and they can do whatever they want. Like there is an in, for for so many people in this country, I think there's an inherent fear of police officers, like me included. Uh, like most of the encounters that I've had with police officers at this point have not have been less than ideal, right? And I'm not just talking about like getting tickets or whatever, because you can give me a speeding ticket while speeding. I don't care. Like do your job. Um, but like there, and I've talked about this on podcasts, uh, specifically spot on me podcasts, but there have been moments where I'm hanging out in my neighborhood, right. Picking up, uh, actually I talked about this on my, on, on my stream, but like, you know, one, one of the cases I think of is, yeah, one, one time I was hanging out in my neighborhood, picking up my friend Huey, Huey being a, uh, uh, my, one of my best friends at the time, right. Asian dude, tall, taller than not taller than me, way taller than me, uh, boxer dude, bigger than me. Obviously like I'm not a threat to him whatsoever. Uh, we lived in the same neighborhood. I went to pick him up, and uh, I remember I remember him coming to my car and being like, "Hey, what's going on? What's going on back there? Like, what what's up with like the car car parked behind you?" And I was like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" Looked in my mirror. There's an officer. The officer then approaches us and asks, "Like, hey, is everything good?" And specifically, like talks like talks to Huey, Huey, like, "Hey, like, are you good? Is everything good?" And me and Huey are both like, "Uh, yeah, like we're fine. Like, what's like what's up?" And he's just like cool I'm, I'm just checking he goes away and it's like i mean Huey looked at each other like what just happened why is this officer a- approaching us and it wasn't until like halfway to our destination where we're like oh yeah you, you just got profiled right like that's that's one case another case being i remember hanging out with with another group of friends and it, people were kind of wilding out it was like 9 p.m it was dark we we're on campus and i remember being approached by police officers because you know we're having a little bit too much fun and they're essentially coming coming through to tell us to like chill calm down Quiet and down, yeah. quiet down, yeah. And for some reason, and we're like we're essentially in a parking garage, um, because we're about we're about to head home. And for some reason, the officer comes to me specifically, like approaches me specifically, and threatens to like search my car for weed and search my car for for drugs if this continues. Me, who at that time, right, I was like eighteen years old, was a like a, a college kid who was attending church who would never touch a drug, like was very confused about why that was happening to me specifically as opposed to all the white people I was hanging around. And, you know, it's 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 always a thing where I I think back to it and I was like, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Um like there are quite a few situations like that that I can point to to why cops are not trusted by so many people and like for me, it's not even necessarily on the cop. Like, you know, cops as individuals are whatever right like like i'm i have i have a family friend that's a cop 2014 my house caught on fire he was the first person to show up to my office to my um to my home uh in order to check up on, check up on us because he recognized the address and he wanted to make sure that we we're good right like that's a good person right that's a family friend that's somebody who i appreciate but at a certain point the system is so fucked that i kind of understand cops being like yo i'm gonna resign because like this is wrong we'll right like we're we're, like we're 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 in, in we're serving like this government organization that like is fucked right like all of us know all of us here know that donald trump is fucked donald trump sucks at his job uh should be fired right like all of us know that and all that stuff trickles down in a way where you look at what we have now you look at the systems that are that are in place you look at the systems that have that have been in place since since this country has been uh established right and those systems are still in place like yeah, yeah it, it it's one of those things where i don't know what the exact answer is and to kind of what tim was saying earlier right like i don't know if there is an end to it like the only things that i know to do practically are one to speak up two to to, to donate uh 
you know, uh, vote, right? And not just like not just in the presidential election, but on the local levels where things can actually get changed, right? As far as like when you look at poli police systems, like you can enact change on the local level as opposed to voting voting out a president. Like there's so there's so much to be done. Um, that yeah, like it's hard for me to even like identify officers as good officers and bad officers, right? Like the reason I bring up the, the phrase all cops are bastards is is for the reason that like at a certain point, I just don't trust any of you. Like I don't trust the system because y'all are scary. Like y'all are y'all are serving a, a power that doesn't like people who look like me. It just um, feels like they have carte blanche to kind of do whatever they want, you know? Yeah. And I just don't know what to do about it. As Whether, as like, I don't know what to do about it. And you also worry, will they even face consequences if they do something bad to me, you know, yeah. or, or something like it's that? It's not even I, a worry. They won't. Yeah. Right? Like, um, like, that's the problem. And yeah, I, their, their, I don't, union, I, their unions will fight for them to keep their jobs and all that. I don't want to. craziest thing to rant. think about with the Floyd stuff, if I can just should toss it. Oh, yeah, don't go for it. Go for it. It's just the idea of like, you know. What if th this guy's been arrested, right? When when this goes to trial, what if it goes like Rodney King, right? Hmm, and they, that would be bad. they rule that he. Uh, yeah, that's to say that's that under underplaying bad. it just a little bit. Yeah. I'm a little fuzzy on the whole good bad thing, Egon. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, like, to yeah, be no. fair though, if you go back and watch, I mean, this it, both of these are very difficult for me to watch, and I, as yeah. I imagine they are for you guys. But you go back and watch the original Rodney King beating, and that is, it's. So unbelievable so if you saw that and then you said do these guys a get away scot-free or b go to jail for life i'd be like oh no fucking way they, they got away scot-free it's ridiculous ridiculous that they got off on that case um but yeah i mean sorry greg i, I interrupted no no that was it i'm blessing you were driving somewhere if you still want to yeah like i i, I didn't want to like get into a point where i was like ranting the whole the whole, the whole episode but like to reference uh the the shooting from back home right like when i was this was when i was in high school this is happening in 2009 i had to look up the article because it was one of those things where as i was saying it on the podcast i was uh, on kfgd this morning i was like i gotta look that up because this, that was like a wild thing that i didn't realize was actually like a, a signifier for a larger issue that was going on um but i found the article uh, and the, the the kid's name was Kiwan uh, Carrington, born in 1994, uh, uh, died in 2009, 15 years old. He was born July 14th, 1994 in Champaign, Illinois. So that would have that would have meant he was born in the same hospital that I was 12 days after. Um, and so, like, take that for what you will. Uh, I'm pulling this article and I'm going to read I'm going to read this article and then I'm going to point to another article and read that one, because like this is the thing that for me looking at today almost made me sick to my stomach. Right. Uh, Kiwan Albert Carrington, 1994 through 2009. And this is looking back 10 years. This article reads, uh, born in Champaign, Illinois, on July 14th, 1994, Kiwan Carrington was 15 years old when he was shot and killed by a Champaign police officer in 2009. The son of Rita Williams and Albert Carrington, he was a student at the Ready Program School where he enjoyed working on computers and playing basketball. Carrington's mother, Rita Williams, passed away from pancreatic cancer in 2008, and Rhonda Williams, his aunt, had, had welcomed him into her home. On October 9th, a rainy October afternoon, Carrington had forgotten his key to his aunt's house. His class for the Regional Educa Educational Alternative for Developing Youth pro uh, program was canceled for the day, and he had no other plans. Locked out of that home, Carrington and his friend, Deshaun uh, Mont... Deshaun Manning Carter made their way to the backyard with hopes of finding cover to get out of the rain. A suspicious neighbor who noticed the teens who noticed the teens assumed they were attempting to break into the home, called the police and reported a, a burglary in progress. Champaign police chief R.T. Finney was the first to respond to the call and found the two boys in the backyard. 
Finney demanded that they get on the ground of the muddy yard, knowing that he and his friend had done nothing wrong. Kiwan Carrington attempted to walk away. Uh, Finney reportedly grabbed Carrington, initiating a, phys a physical struggle between the two. When Officer Daniel Norbitz, a 14-year veteran of the Champaign Police Force, arrived at the Williams' home, he, he, he did not know whether the boys were armed, but he drew his pistol as a preca precaution. Norbitz stated that he fired his gun accidentally. The bullet had went through Carrington's left elbow and into his heart. Within an hour of the initial, in, initial confrontation, Carrington died at the Carl, Carl uh, Foundation Hospital in Urbana, Illinois. And Carl also Hospital would be, the, would be the hospital where both of us were probably born, right? And this went down, I believe, in Garden Hills neighborhood, which is, which is a neighborhood that is literally down the street from where I grew up and where I live, right? I'm going to end that article there, right? Because that gives context. And I remember this happening vividly when I was in high school, uh, 2009, because the whole school like did things for it, right? Like this is like a big case in my city and i don't remember yeah. it making any sort of national news this is one of those things where it was very contained to my area uh and like this is before um trayvon martin or michael brown or any of those like any of the other bigger cases that we see now that we point back to this one this was one that was very low-key that like not really many people paid attention to but a case that is fucking tragic right and an officer accidentally disarming uh accidentally uh uh, uh firing his firearm and killing a teenager Right, who the who was the exact same age, same age as me was in the same school system as me. I'm now looking at this article from the News Gazette, which is like the the newspaper in Champaign, Illinois. <clears throat> the article reads: The officer whose gun discharged, resulting in the accidental accidental shooting death of an unarmed Champaign teen in 2009, received his final employment payments this year. And this is this is an article from article from 2014. The city has paid $423,697 to former officer Daniel Norbitz since October 9th, 2009, the day his gun accidentally discharged, resulting in the death of 15-year-old Kiwan Carrington. The information was released to the News Gazette after the newspaper filed a request for the records under the Freedom of Information Act. Norbert's final payments came this year when the when the city paid him paid him a workers' compensation settlement of $132,944. He also received his final separation payment of $34,111 $34, for vacation, personal, uh, comp, and sick leave he had accumulated during the time he was employed with the Champaign Police Department. That brought the 2014 total to $167,055, the most of any year since the shooting. All the compensation he received since the shooting was payment to which he was legally entitled under either disability, disability and workers' compensation laws or through the police union labor, labor contract, city manager Dorothy Davids said Wednesday. Norbitz has spent the, the past five years mostly away from the Champaign Police Department, but he continued receiving payments during that time. He was placed on administrative leave immediately, immediately following the shooting, but later returned to work and was assigned to off-street administrative duties. According to city documents, he was placed on duty. Uh, he was placed on duty injury leave in in May 2010. At the time, then city manager Steve Carter cited stress-related issues as the reason. In May 2011, he began receiving workers' compensation, and that continued until Norbitz was approved to receive a disability pension in 2000 in November 2013. So that's an officer who killed a, killed a teenager, right? Killed a black teenager. Uh, and essentially admitted that, hey, it was an accident. I didn't mean for my gun to, dis to, to get discharged. Uh, I didn't mean for that to happen. And then essentially got off work later and got paid for it. Got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for it, right? And to this day, as far as I understand, it's fine. As far as I understand, is like out there thriving. And so like for me, looking at this, I look at, I look at the issue being a system that 
doesn't care about black people who get killed, doesn't care about black teenagers who get killed, doesn't care about black men who get killed, but does care about officers, do, does care about uh, protecting protecting the system and protecting the the corrupt structures that are in place. Uh, and for me, that's kind of the takeaway for me for this week, right? Remembering the story and, and looking into it and understanding how uh, fucking tragic it is and how fucking tragic everything is going on is. Um, and so that's where that's where I'll leave it for now. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to, to mirror that, right, obviously, like in my opinion, knowing just the facts that you said, this guy should have been held accountable for that. If I accidentally drive over someone in my car, I don't get to just apologize and then feel bad about it. I go to jail, right? That's just how it goes. And so I don't think that should be any different for anyone in our country at all. Um, and to uh, to uh, the only silver lining I could say that's happened in, in the last week is that they did arrest the cop. Right. Mm -hmm. They need to. I don't know. As of as of taping this, I haven't read up on whether or not they actually arrested the other three cops as being complicit in it. Um, I know they were looking at the, they they said the DA was looking at it. Um, but that needs to happen. Right. And, and they need to go to tri trial and for sure they need to go to jail. Um, if, if all the facts that I have right now are all the facts, of the case, then to me, this is a criminal. This is at least criminal negligence. Um, well, what about the other cops? You know the ones that, oh, that weren't involved sure. with this, but that are involved in all the other stuff. Where like there's there's one well, video I mean, look, that is just absolutely is horrifying to me. Where it is the um, the line, they're all on the grass, and it's a bunch of peaceful protesters that are literally just there. And there was the one black man who was uh, trying to rally them together and was just being nothing but positive, talking about love, talking about loving the cops, being united, all this stuff. There's a line of cops in front of them, and. This guy is just saying nothing but positive things and trying to unite everybody. And one of the cops just comes, grabs him, and pulls him into the group of cops, and he's arrested. Why? That's peaceful protest. That is yeah, what I, is what is supposed to be just totally allowed. It's like at that point, it's like arrest that cop. That cop did something that is illegal. You should not be able to stop somebody from peacefully protesting when it's fully fucking allowed. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, I mean, you're right. Absolutely. But I think as far as, as far as the movement is concerned, like having, taking it one step at a time and fighting the battles that need fighting immediately uh, right now is uh, George Floyd, right? That is, that is the case that there needs to be resolution on, and it needs to not be a repeat of what Greg brought up earlier, which is the Rodney King trial, which was largely like, I can't like just unfathomable how these cops got off. Um, to me, again, if, People, if police officers knew that if they stepped out of line, they were going to be held accountable for it, I think you'd see a radical change uh, pretty quickly there, right? If I knew, like, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, well, first off, I can't break rules because I can't lie. It's it's just impossible for me to do. Um, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I break a law, I'm going to jail, right? Um, that's just that's just how it's going to go. I don't have the kind of money that can buy me out of this crap. And, and cops shouldn't have the kind of influence or union that should do it either. Um, and again, I don't mean that to say. I don't know, you know that you would, though. I don't know that you would. We're seeing the evidence that that you wouldn't, because during these protests, there's peaceful protests going on, and there's this white dude walking with a freaking machine gun on his back in a place that you're not allowed to carry, and they sure, just tell him to go home. Yeah, but there's oh, yeah, also that, guys. He's doing something been, illegal. There's also been instances, to be fair, of like of white guys who have done stupid shit that have got arrested. There's a guy that said he should have. That doesn't matter. The this guy got arrested. It's sure that, this is where the butts come in, where it's like, I, why are we I, I agree, but but you can't you're trying to say, hey, I want to make wave a wave a magic wand right now and and absolve the entire country of racism. It's just not going to happen. Right. That's not what I'm you saying. And I'm, I'm saying that we need to like follow the laws of arresting people that deserve to be arrested and not arresting people that don't deserve to be arrested. This is on camera. We are seeing this. We everyone has a, a camera on them that they are posting live. We're seeing what's going on. It's like it's not a, a magic wand. It is. No, there's some obvious things that need to be done here. There's some obvious corrupt people that are corrupt on camera and they need to be dealt with. 
Agreed. And that's, a, and that's what you're seeing. And, that, and that's why you're seeing people protest right now. People are going to keep protesting until at least a little bit of that justice is served. And unfortunately, it's not it's just not a realistic expectation that every single bad cop right now or, or, or a, a police officer who has perpetrated something like this is going to immediately get put in, in handcuffs. That's just it should be. And you're absolutely right, Tim. And I, because it's not like, physically possible. There's 318 million uh, Americans in this country, and there's probably a 2 million cops. And it's it just seems, the justice system cannot keep up with that thing. But it seems like they can keep up with putting the handcuffs on a bunch of protesters. Right. And the reason they can do that is because we haven't had moments yet like the Harvey Weinstein moment, where as, as the entire country has stood up and said, nope, this is what's going to happen to you if you do this shit. Even if you're a powerful human being, guess what? We're not standing for that shit anymore. And what I'm hoping is that the George Floyd case can actually hopefully be the tip of that spear where when a cop thinks, oh, maybe I'm going to just harass this young black man who's hanging out with his white friend on the, on the side. He thinks twice about that because he's seen that there, you know, he knows he's stepping over that line and he's seen consequences for it. And really that's all that that's, that's, that's at the heart of the issue is that people think they can operate with impunity and they can. So we need to as a society, and this is what hopefully we're seeing right now, is that everyone needs to get out of their house or at least vote with their wallet, donate to a good cause, uh, use your platform to talk about this stuff and tell people it's not okay so that the next time a cop thinks about abusing his or her power, they think twice about that. Uh, and and again, I, I say this with all, like, I, I am not on the line, by the way, of saying like all cops are evil or all cops are bastards, whatever that line is. And I know no disrespect to you, a blessing on that one. For I know sure. there's a new shit of that. But like, I don't. I don't think that all cops are evil. And in fact, I don't think the vast majority of cops are evil. I think the more important point that Blessing made was that the system allows those who are evil to operate with impunity. And we can't allow that anymore. We cannot. Every time something like this happens, there needs to be equal or not equal, but, but harsher consequences on the other side with protests, letting people know it's not okay. Putting the pressure on the Minnesota mayor uh, and the governor to be like, you, what are you going to do? Because we are not, we're going to stand on your front lawn until you prove to us that the people we are protecting, to, uh, paying to protect us are actually here to do just that. Those people standing on the lawn are getting arrested. <laughs> of course they are, I, because they're going to get arrested. And that's right? the because thing that, about that's this, I think part. there's so many different things coming together at once, which is why it's so not only deafening, but such a weight for everyone and a burden for everyone to carry. And obviously, I, you know, I mean, this is like anything else we do where we're saying all this from our lovely houses and rooms in, in San Francisco and shit like that. I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying woe is us, but I think everybody has this malaise to them and what the fuck's going on, but it is George Floyd, right? It, but then it's this thing that keeps getting exacerbated by seeing what we're talking about, where suddenly it is broad strokes and it is everybody being piled together where when, you know, you're talking about protesters to when I think of the protesters, I'm thinking of the people who are marching. I'm thinking of the people with signs. I'm thinking of everybody taking a knee. I'm thinking of the, yeah, the amazing things we've talked about here of seeing police put down their uh, uh, riot gear, take a knee. Uh, I think it was down in one of the Los Angeles counties last night, right. Where they had an agreement or whatever, where the cops are like, Hey, like you can, you have to go home by curfew. Like we'll only do that if you kneel with us. And they're like, oh, totally. And they kneeled with them and sure shit at like seven o'clock, everybody went home, right? That, but then there's another group, when you talk to other people, they're t thinking protesters and they're putting the rioters in there that are burning things down and looting and doing all these things. And it's getting all mixed up in the same way that I think it's easy to mix up that there are these good cop stories, there's these bad cop stories. Uh, it's Trump out there uh, stoking the fires and talking about the National Guard and going on this firing tear gas. You can hear the tear gas going off while he's giving the speech to then go over to the church to hold up a Bible. It's all of these things getting layered. And I think the church itself was like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that in our church. Uh, 
it's the thing you know what you're talking about nick of uh you know wanting to see justice in this george floyd thing uh the other thing obviously we're all looking for is from these videos right you are seeing of police using excessive force we mentioned uh minnesota right the firing the paint gun into the people's porch while they're sitting there filming him uh it's the one i think of, of nypd uh where the two cop cars roll up to that barricade and one just guns it into them or whatever like it's those are such shocking, terrible, horrible videos that need to be seen, obviously, to understand what the fuck's going on out there and see the abuse of power. But then it's that you need to see that as well. Like I see uh, yesterday I pulled the, or yeah, right. Or is it? T- yeah, it's from today. Uh, this is the Wall Street Journal. NYPD opens probe into officers who drove police, drove police cars into protesters. Right. Like you need to see that, but you need to see it crack and you need the names. And you need suspensions. It's the thing going around right now with uh, badge numbers being covered up. And then NYPD saying that's because of COVID deaths when in reality, is it? No, it's you trying Fuck to hide. who's doing it. Just but disgusting. it's the same thing of like, I've seen the video too of uh, uh, a cop throwing a peaceful protester down and then going to meet up with the other cops. And one of the other cops, a female officer running over and like shoving him. Like, what the f-? like, you know what I mean? Like there's this, there are so many things to it, and I think it's so easy to talk to just start putting people in buckets and not understand how broad this spectrum is. And that doesn't obviously help us when we're all so angry and you all no. we all want action and we all want the world we thought existed to be there, right? Like I can't fathom you going back in time and telling me this when I was watching Obama's uh, election night victory speech. Like I thought, like don't get me wrong, I didn't think racism was dead. But I thought we had just made such a progressive move in this country, right? And to sit yeah. there and be like, what, uh, uh, 12 years later, right? To be like, oh, hey, it's all falling apart. It's worse than ever. We have this more bigoted president than ever. Like, you know what I mean? Who's not like, it, he's sounded the klaxons to let everybody who wants to be a racist come out and do it. He's giving the speech, yeah. specifically calling out the Second Amendment so that the argument being he's that then it reads into that, you know, the right to bear arms so that his uh, MAGA people will go out there and carry their arms in this thing. It's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, like, I it's just all yeah. real bad fan fiction. Yeah, I think that for me, part that's part of what, like, I understand what you're saying with the Harvey Weinstein moment of we, we need that, but I don't even know if that's possible at this point no. with, with this specific issue, because with Harvey Weinstein, right? Like I think for, for, for so many people, that was a point of being of us going like, oh shoot this like for men specifically like oh shoot this is way worse than we thought like this is a thing that like we all perpetuate and just fucking like like either didn't realize or just we were just all okay with and didn't care uh and i think at a certain point like most of us hold hands in the fact that um harassing women is bad right sexual abuse is bad like you know louis ck jerking off in front of people is, is horrible like that you shouldn't do those things and that's the thing we can all hold hands on i think the the the, the thing about this issue issue specifically is the fact that i don't know if everybody holds hands on the fact that like black lives matter like the fact that well, policing is an issue like police reform there's still ha- needed, right? like police reform is needed like there's still half the country that votes for donald or not say half the country because i know there's fucked up shit in that but there's still a percentage of the country that supports donald trump and that supports the current state that we that, that we're in. And if I get out of my eco my ecosystem, my um yeah my I guess my no my echo chamber of of Twitter right where it is like a lot of people that look like me, a lot of people that that, that tolerate what I have to say, and a lot of people that are that are probably more left leaning than than right leaning. If I if I get out of my echo chamber, I'll probably see a lot of people that disagree when it, with with uh, as far as like what people are fighting for with black lives matter you'll see a lot of people being like no well actually the real issue and this is our president actually saying oh well the big issue right here is actually like 
the rioting and actually like all the looting that's that's going on. I think it was the, the it was the LA police chief that chief, said yeah. this week that like back to you, by the way, but <laughs> yeah, that said like the looters and the and the rioters are at much at fault. And I can't remember the exact quote, but it was essentially along the lines of the, those people are essentially as, at much his fault as the police officers that killed uh, George Floyd. And it's like there are people there. There is a great percentage of people that think that way and that buy into that shit. And, you know, I don't like I, I think if there was an, a Harvey Weinstein moment, it would have happened uh, years and years ago. Right. Like Martin Luther King probably would have been that like that, <laughs> that moment of everybody being well, like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Or like Ferguson or Trayvon Martin or like the billion other cases that we've had that we've been that we've recorded and put online. Would have sure. should have and could have been that moment. I, by the way, I'm not saying that there that first off to, to address a couple of things that so so people don't to understand where my head's at with this. Or we there's still plenty of people out there, by the way, that w- during the Me Too movement were arguing the opposite side of it as well. Um, and there still are a For lot sure. of those guys out there that are like, how do you know? Like, why do you just you can't but just believe everything everyone says. There's always that bullshit, and that's a whole other uh, ball of wax that I don't 100%. feel like getting into right now. Um, so there's always going to be an opposite side to whatever argument you have, and I don't think that there. Are, I, I'm not the kind of person that wants to operate like on either sides of the spectrum. I do think that there there are nuances to these discussions. And I do think that there is like, again, hard line for me. If you're going to go out there and do violence, that is period just wrong. I don't care if you think you're right. I don't care if, you, if you're doing it because you're, you have rage inside that's built up over however many years you've been mistreated. Going out there and hurting someone, specifically either an innocent person or someone who's there. How do you know if you're hurt? You know, that, to me, that's, that's inexcusable and should not be done. Because violence only ever begets violence. That is just how that works. That's why when you start a war with someone, guess what? You're going to be fighting that fucking war for 100 years. Because they're going to be pissed. And generationally, it's just going to keep echoing through that. Um, but... You know, my hope is that, you know, when you look at you look at Martin Luther King, he did move the needle. Right. He did. He just didn't cure it. Right. And uh, Tim, my point to you earlier is there is never going to be a cure for this. All there is is going to be let's make the system as good as we possibly can make it before we leave this earth and hope to God uh, the next generation pushes it forward because there's always going to be evil in the world. And there's always going to be people who don't see eye to eye with us and think they're, quote unquote, superior. And that is just how it's going to be until, you know. Our argument hopefully affects the system to a point where generationally that shit gets weeded out. And it has gotten better, and we have gotten better as a society. It's just this – we just have so much farther to go. That's that's the issue. I go back to the thing of not getting distracted by the stuff and to really understand like what's being said, not just on service level. Because when it comes to both the All Cops Are Bastards and Black Lives Matter – those statements, those names are designed to make people uncomfortable and to make them think about the the statement itself and like what it actually means. And both of them, I don't think, are supposed to be you end there. There's supposed to be more that comes from that. And I think when it comes to the Black Lives Matter, the people that are like, well, what about other people? It's like, yeah, we fucking know. We fucking know. And when it comes to the all cops are bastards, it's like there is – there is nuance to it. There is conversations that need to be had there, but there, that is the statement that it's like, no, there's a fucking problem here and we need to talk about it. We need to look into what the yeah. actual problem is. Sure. Again, that's and, the and- thing about this with this week, right? Of this and why it obviously is horrific and I wish we weren't living it, but the, Hey, maybe there is a change here. Maybe there is something that's going to happen is the fact that we're talking about it. Right? Like I think the fact that, so many people are talking about Black Lives Matter that are donating are not afraid to say uh, black man. You know what I'm saying? And I know that sounds weird, but I mean, like, as somebody who, like, you know, 
in college, AP style taught me to refer not to assume Americans. So don't say African-Americans, say black. But I know that then out there and in the real world, I would say that and get looks or whatever. And I feel like there is this thing of race is so taboo in our country in a way that, and especially from us and being, you know, on a, on a liberal side of things, it's more like you don't want that to define somebody. You don't want to talk about somebody's race and have that be a thing, right? Because you don't want to be one of the bad people. But then in this instance, like that's what it's all about. And so to be empowered enough to actually talk about it, no, this is fucked up for the black community and feel like you can come out and say that and have this conversation. Again, there's no silver lining to any of this. It's just a different kind of conversation that I don't think we've seen before in the limited, and I, and this is embarrassing to say, but the limited flare-ups of this before when something like Ferguson or Trayvon Martin has gone national, international news, it's never been this loud. And I do think, again, it is what we're talking about here being this weird, horrific, apocalyptic, perfect storm, right? Of, yeah, we are locked down from the pandemic. Tensions already are high. Uh, this happens on on this. Uh, this happens. And then not only does it happen, we see it escalate. We see the, you know, we see, it brings up so much. It brings up so much, right? Of we see this them not get immediately arrested. They finally get arrested. We see the police marching through the street and they are fucking uh they look like they're goddamn future cops because they have all this crazy ass riot gear and then it's the conversation of wait why the fuck can't we get everybody test for covid then what was the problem there and it is this thing of literally one fucking month ago right i have the uh, uh boston.com article up on may, may 2020 trump calls michigan protesters very good people and it's like, you know, these, the Donald Trump expressed a support Friday for armed protesters who would storm the mission capital or Michigan capital, demanding the state lift the coronavirus restrictions. As researchers estimated, the coronavirus pandemic could stretch on for two more years. Trump tweeted Friday, these are very good people, but they are angry. Uh, they want their lives back again safely. And then you cut back to the rhetoric and how he's been tweeting about this thing and how he's been talking about and this. He was a terrorist organization. Yeah. He's and, you know. Yeah, exactly. And like you can point to because I, you know, it is that thing of I don't want to fall into uh, the same thing I'm trying to uh, talk about, right? Of painting with these broad brushes and stuff. And like I'm going off of his tweets there. You can go read the speech he did yesterday, right? Uh, where he's talking about uh, doing this. And he, he, you know, he is saying, you know, I am your president of law and order and an ally of the peaceful protesters. And, re- and then he's getting into this professional anarchists, <laughs> violent mobs, arsonists, looters, criminals, rioters, Antifa, and others, right? Like, I, I, I'm not trying to get into the minutiae here of, like, he's saying all protesters are bad. I think his actions speak louder than his words on this. His tweets speak louder than his prepared speeches. I digress, though, right? Like, there's so much going on at once that we're literally on a powder keg. And I do wonder what's going to happen. And it's that thing of trying to think of, the I, you know the past two days, right. Have actually been on a shoot for the first time in forever. And that will be a topic for another time when we come up just to talk about what it's like to be actually doing what my job is and what well, a part of our job, obviously this is our job, but what it's like to go off and film something like that in the new world and not the, not the new protest world in the new COVID world of uh, having a medic on site who temperature checks me as soon as I get there, who I never get within six feet of anybody. I'm miking myself. I'm doing all these things, you know, a production that in past I would, you would have had 20 people running around doing different things is now a skeleton crew of five people, six people with everybody else on a zoom call noting. It was number one, ridiculous. Number two, inspiring that like, all right, even if this is how bad it is, we can work within CDC guidelines to make this happen, to do this thing, to make it something. But Day one, we were shooting, right? And we had to sh- cut the shoot early because we were downtown San Francisco. 
And it was that thing of the sirens kept getting louder and louder. And then the helicopters would come by and then it was helicopters nonstop and to get out and get on the street and start to go home. And like one block away was the peaceful protest. This was in the you know daytime. It wasn't before anybody was doing any of the more, I don't want to say riot SF. There was some, you know, looting glass breaking and stuff like that, but not like what we've seen in other places. I don't want to trivialize what you're seeing across the country, but like to get down and just look to your left, you're like, Whoa, what the fuck is going on? Like, right. Like we are in such a weird world right now of everything being on top of each other. Yeah. It's, yeah, it comes with, it comes with mixed emotions too, for me, especially when you go, when you see like windows broken and when you see riots happening on TV and you see looting happening on TV, like that comes with very mixed emotions because I definitely don't condone like, violence and i don't condone rioting and i don't condone people go out there and and and, you know fuck up property and all that stuff but then at the same time i'm like at least like if this is what it takes to get heard then like by any means necessary i guess like fuck target if that's what it takes they didn't listen to the peaceful protest they didn't listen to kaepernick kneeling like all of that was bullshit like uh, it was our friend uh, Stephen Spawn, right, from Able Gamers, who put out this uh, 1962 John F. Kennedy tweet, quote, uh, those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. I retweeted that, and that's when a whole bunch of people popped up and were like, I, one guy specifically was like, I hope San Francisco burns because as I read like this. And I'm like, you're missing my point here. I don't think JFK's next sentence there was, so fucking ride away boys you know what i mean like no it's like this i don't have to i don't yeah i don't condone rioting and violence for just running out there and doing that right i understand and this is again where i think in you know we talk about our microcosm our community or whatever i see things stressed and split because everybody has a different interpretation of what words you're using and so i think that you see when we're being so gung-ho for protesters people are like well rioting is bad but they call those protests and it's this whole mixed up thing to the tweet, right? Or the tweet <laughs> to the sentence from JFK, right? It's not that I'm like, yeah, so fuck yeah, right away. It is a this is what happens when you bottle all this up, when you don't let people do it, when you talk about them being wrong, right? And it's that idea of generations of blacks being put down and made to feel inferior and these things we thought we had gotten over. And, and again, me being a privileged, uh, isolated white person thinking that these weren't the real. We, that, not that they weren't real problems, but we were past them to an extent, right? Clearly, this if if they are, if cops are doing whatever, then they have to be going after the bad guys. So blah blah blah. Like you get here and like, yeah, Andy, to your point, the Kaepernick stuff, right? Like being told at every turn, like, no, don't protest that way, right? These or don't son of a bitches, these son of a bitches right? that are kneeling, you know? Right? I mean, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that was our biggest concern then, and like it was the same thing of like, you know, I saw somebody else. There's all these interesting, like, you know, I don't have the proper perspective uh, I think to have like, you know, really radical insight to any of this. So that's why, you know, the blackout Tuesday has been so interesting to listen and hear from smarter people, but in general, seeing people from who've lived this entire way, right. The black community and the one great one the other day that I don't, I don't have a credit for sadly, but was this idea of like, why are all, why are so many uh, white Trump supporters freaking out at this, uh, that we're burning stuff? You, you, you guys were burning all your Kaepernick gear and season tickets and all this shit. Don't you see like what this is? Like you're getting in the way. Like it, I, you know, it's like, it's such a fucked up situation, but like the quote makes so much sense to me of not that yeah. I'm endorsing rioting, but like, yeah, if you make people bottle it up, if you make people eat shit, every time they try to have this conversation, we refuse to have this conversation that, yeah, you're going to get to a point where guess what? They'd rather burn the system down than actually be a part of it anymore. Or even They're when there are peaceful people getting shot uh, with rubber bullets or there are oh, people yeah. kneeling down, getting knocked over. Going uh, after just, the fucking press, I just started uh, yeah. going after an anti-fascist organization 
Starting shit with Twitter because you don't want them fucking fact check. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, that's what makes the news, it. though. You know, it's like, and that's the thing is like, in when it comes to San Francisco, like what has been making the local news and like just the news in general is it's all just it's that bad stuff, and it's not focusing on all of the peaceful protesting happening on the Great Highway, which is closed right now because of COVID. There's just this long stretch in San Francisco that is right next to the beach. And all day today, it was just packed with people that are protesting. There's nothing to loot there. There's like literally you're next to the beach. There's no like houses. There's no nothing. There's nothing for them to fuck up. And they're not. There's live Instagram videos of them just fucking walking. What's the next thing that happens? There's military Jeeps and military people there. And it's like the only way this makes the news is if they make it violent. Yeah. And like that's horrifying because otherwise the peaceful protest. And I don't understand. I don't understand how. So many law enforcement, National Guard, whatever, authority figures have stepped on the rake on this one where it's like it's exactly what we're talking about. Like you're when you fuck up the peaceful protests, right? Like I've seen so many good ones and I, I'm so I, I, we've seen so many videos, right? But of the guys, uh, they're screaming at a black officer, right? And he's just literally talking. It was huge. He's talking to them, like talking down, not in a bad way, but like in terms of height. Like he's if taller. I was talking yeah. to Andy, How you uh, always talk you know, to me. Andy's so say. tiny. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Uh, and he's like, you know, explaining it all very simply. And then they're like, why don't you tell me? What, what about, why, why did you go over there? He's like, well, I don't went over there and told him to sh- shut the fuck up. And everybody cheers and he fist pounds him. And it's like, if you can just be a fucking human in this situation, which I understand is incredibly tough with people screaming at you and doing these things, blah, blah, blah. But I think it seems like the majority of these protests, the peaceful protests are people trying to vent and like, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And I know it's gone around. I want to say it's the Flint, Michigan sheriff, but like, you know, who is there? Like, we're here to march with you. We put down all our batons. We're here to do this stuff. Like the people taking a knee with them. It's like, then you jump to these cuts of, yeah, people running them over with the cars, throwing them down, macing yep. the shit out of everybody. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. It's like, all you know like, what I mean? These are college kids. are like the wrong young. tactic. Follow up yeah. on those actions. Yeah. I just, I always hate when, you know, when, when mainly Trump uh, supporters, uh, the MAGA chuds will, uh, you know, talk about these. Well, look at the, you know, look at this black woman and her and her business being uh, uh, looted. And they, they threw a window through her and she's pissed off about it. It's like, first off, you don't give a fuck about this black woman's business. Don't try to act like you give a shit. You're just using this to weaponize and talk shit and be angry at the looters, which, again, is such a small percentage. Of course, every group, you can't control everybody. I think, again, a large percentage of these people out there trying to voice their their concerns, there's going to be there's going to be bad people in there, whether like, you know, some of them are are, some of them are just straight up like white supremacists acting as like Antifa and stuff like that and like breaking shit or trying to, you know, incite violence or whatever. But it's it's I guess it's like the same thing whenever like. Whenever we say lock Trump up for for being a, a sexual abuser and sexual harasser and they go, well, what about Clinton? Like fucking fuck, lock him up, too, bro. I don't give a shit. You know, like it's just so it's so beyond their their frame of mind that we would want the right thing to be done as opposed to the thing that we just want to be done. Yeah, at like, the end of the day, I think that's an important point, right? Is that it's not about justice for one side or the other. It's about justice for all. It's supposed that's what it's supposed to be. It's not. It's and I think that I think the mentality people get into when they start talking about these incredibly important issues is that they start feeling like it's us or them for some reason, and that's not. That doesn't have to ever be the case. It's this weird famine mentality where, or feast or famine mentality, where people think that because 
blessing doesn't get the same like if blessing gets equal rights to me that somehow taking rights away from me it doesn't make any fucking sense it's not how it has to work guys everyone can have equal representation by the people we pay to protect us that's not I, I don't understand where people get off and make it this weird political thing. And I think it just, it boils down to people just being frustrated with their own lives and wanting to feel like they have some level of power over something. And this is just, it's the wrong tactic to take. Two of my, two of my favorite statements uh, this week, I actually want to read them because like, as I've been taking everything in over the last week and in, in, in like, having conversations with people and in and, and, and hearing people what people have to say specifically people who are smarter than me because like for me right the only i'm i am not a professional in law or in like the criminal justice system by any means i'm just a black dude and that's the only thing i can be a prof- um uh, an expert about is me being black um i i tend to like look around and see what people are saying and see like what is the actual thing that can lead to change because that's the question i kind of keep asking myself and that's that's the question that i think i might have brought up like earlier in this episode of like i just don't know like what the direction is like what like how how we put an actual stop to this um i have a statement here that is coming from barack obama of course former mm-hmm. president uh, he has a twitter thread that i thought was very very well said and very well pointed as far as like an actual direction in which we can go with all this right it reads uh, as millions of people across the country take to the streets and raise their voices in response to the killing of george floyd and the ongoing problem of unequal justice i've heard many ask how we can sustain sustain me- momentum to bring about real change Ultimately, it's going to be up to a new generation of activists to shape strategies that best fit the times. But I want to highlight some basic lessons from past efforts that are worth remembering. One, the protests represent a genuine, legitimate frustration over a decades-long failure to reform police practices and and the broader criminal justice system. We should condemn the few who resort to violence, not the overwhelming majority who deserve our respect and support. Two, the point of protest is to, is to raise public awareness, to put a spotlight on injustice, and to make the powers that be uncomfortable. But eventually, we have to translate those aspirations into, into specific laws and institutional practices. Three, to do that, and I'm, I guess these numbers are to donate, or not to, uh, to denote the actual numbering of the Twitter thread. I guess I don't have to read the numbers. Um, but he continues to do that. We have to know which levels of government have the biggest impact. Changing the federal government is important, but the elected officials who matter the most in reforming police departments and the and the criminal justice systems work at the state and local levels. And then um, uh, he continues to say, "So if we want to if we want to bring about real change, the vo- the choice isn't between protests and politics. We have to do both. We have to mobilize to ra- to raise awareness, and we have to we have to organize and cast our ballots to make sure that we elect candidates who will act on reform. The more specific we can make demands for criminal justice and police reform, the harder it will be for elected officials to just offer lip service to the cause and then fall back uh, into business as usual once protests have gone away. Uh, and if you have, and he continues to link Obama Obama.org if you want to learn how to how to um uh you know further your your action with it. But I think that's that last one I think is very salient for coming from Barack Obama, who of course was the fucking president, saying that yeah, the more specific we can make our demands for criminal justice and police reform, the harder it will be for elected officials to just, to just offer lip service uh, and then fall back into business as usual, right? Because that's the thing we see over and over again, and that's the thing that really frustrates me. Uh, seeing seeing the cycle of Trayvon Martin gets killed. All right, let's all get angry about it. 
Ferguson happens, Michael Brown gets killed. All right, let's get angry about it, and then it goes away. It's All right, like cool. shootings. <laughs> yeah, like just well, like yeah, like it's pretty much the same same rotation, right? Like. We all forget so quickly, but like, well, that's yeah. And, and again, I think that's a perfect yeah. point because the system is because that problem is insurmountable. If you try to take it on, if one person tries to, to fight the entire system, it's going to fail. And I think that's a very, very salient point. I think that you, you know, and, and Tim, I think this is what I was trying to, um, to, to get across earlier, but I don't know that I was necessarily. It's just that we have to, we have to fight the battles. We know we can win now that'll help move the ball down the field. And and putting everyone in jail right now, that's a part of that's done something wrong uh, in one of these protests is absolutely the right thing to do. But I just don't know if that's going to be tenable. You know, I just don't know if, if, if we actually physically can do that right now. But what we can do is boil it down to. All right. Well, let's make sure that the people who perpetrated this know that they're going to jail. And if anyone else is thinking about doing that, there are the same consequences waiting for them, if that's going to be the case. And let's make sure the mayor knows not to protect these guys or else he's not going to get reelected. And the same with the governor and the same with the police chief of LA who said this horrible thing that should not be forgotten, especially uh, being from uh, the chief of a place that has perpetrated the most egregious of all offenses. Can you imagine? Like, Can you believe that that's the case? That it's fucking LA? Like in California? Like this can't, dude. I know it's crazy. And granted, I don't. I, I doubt it's the same police chief from from back in the day with Rodney King beatings. I'm, I'm sure. No, that makes it even worse. <laughs> but yeah, you would. Out of all people, you should not say things like that, knowing fully well the ramifications of what happened the last time that that, that went down. But I think that's that was a really good point. Um, and then you. Uh, to bring in uh, the second statement, right? Like a lot of brands have been talking, and a lot of brand. We all talked about this on KFGD also this morning uh, between me and Khalif, right? But you know, a lot of brands have been speaking out and like saying things. And I think the, the ultimate takeaway from uh, for me and Khalif was that like, it's very easy to say things. It's very easy to like come out and have lip service, right? But the thing that we actually look forward to when brands speak is action. There is one brand that had a statement that fucking blew me away. And that is Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's statement on this whole situation <laughs> is fucking, fucking God, crazy. They're the goat. <laughs> on their website, benjerry.com, uh, they have like a um, they have essentially like a blog page, right? And they and they they posted um, with a huge image that says we must dismantle white supremacy. And they have a whole blog post here that I want to read because coming from Ben and Jerry's, this is incredible. Uh, it says all of us at Ben and Jerry's are outraged about the murder of another black person by Minneapolis police officers last week and the continued violent response by police against protesters. We have to speak out. We have to stand together with the victims of, mur- of murder, uh, marginalization, and repression because of, their, uh, because of their skin color, and with those who seek justice through protests across the country. We have to say his name, George Floyd. George Floyd was a son, a brother, a father, and a friend. The police officer who put his knee on George Floyd's neck and the police officers who, who stood by and watched didn't just murder George Floyd. They stole him. They stole him from, the, from his family and his friends and, and his church and his community and from his own future. The murder of George Floyd was the result of inhumane police brutality that is perpetuated by a culture of white supremacy. What happened to what happened to George Floyd was not the result of a bad apple. It was the predictable consequence of a racist and prejudiced system and a culture that has treated black bodies as the enemy from the beginning. What happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis is the fruit born of toxic seeds planted on the shores of our country in Jamestown in, 19, in 1619. When the first enslaved man, uh, men and women arrived on this continent, Floyd is the latest in a, in a long list of names that stretches back to that time and that shore. 
some of those some of those names we know uh Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Oscar Grant, Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Emmett Till, Martin Luther King. Most we don't. The officers who murdered George George Floyd, who stole him from those who loved him, must be brought to justice. At the same time, we must embark on the more complicated work of delivering justice for all victims of state-sponsored violence and racism. For years, four years ago, uh, we publicly stated our support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Today, we want we want to be even more clear about the urgent need to take the concrete steps to dismantle white supremacy in all its forms. To do that, we are calling for four things. First, we call upon President Trump, elected officials, and political parties. And again, this is Ben and Jerry's. I was going like, to say, this is a big... hell of a statement. <laughs> well, yeah, again, this Ben and Jerry's, from... if you don't remember, was like heavily involved before they actually became Ben and Jerry's. Like the people were involved with all of the Summer of Love stuff and yeah, like, hippies, all the right? police. Yeah, they are hippies yeah. to the core and like fighting yeah. against the the BNMO, all that stuff. So it's like this yes. This is awesome that there's continuing. Raging that. against the machine, I love Raging it. against the machine, for real. And they continue here, right, uh, talking, about, talking about the four things. First, we call upon President Trump, elected officials, and political parties to commit our, our nation to a formal process of healing and reconciliation. Instead of calling for the use of aggressive tactics on, on protesters, the president must take the first step by disavowing white supremacists and national groups that overly, overtly support him, and by not using his Twitter feed to promote and normalize their ideas and agendas. The world is watching uh, America's response. Second, we call upon Congress to pass H.R. 40 legislation that would create a, a commission to study the, the effects of slavery and discrimination from 1619 to the present and recommend appropriate remedies. We cannot, uh, we cannot move forward together as a nation until we begin to grapple with the sins of our past. Slavery, Jim Crow, and segregation were systems of legalized and monetized white supremacy for which generations of black and brown people paid an immeasurable price. That cost must be acknowledged in white privilege in the or not even the white privilege, the privilege that accrued to some to, uh, to some at the expense of others must be reckoned with and redressed. Third, we support Floyd's family uh, family's call to create a national task force that would draft bipartisan legislation aimed at ending racial violence and increasing police accountability. We can't continue to, to fund a criminal justice system that perpetuates uh, mass incarceration while at the same time threatens the lives of a whole segment of the population. And finally, we call we call on the on the Department of Justice to reinvigorate its civil rights division as a staunch defender of the rights of black and brown people. The DOJ must also reinstate po uh, policies rolled back under the Trump administration, such as consent decrees to curb police abuses. Unless and until uh, white America is willing to collectively acknowledge its privilege, take responsibility for its past and the impact it has on the present, and commit to creating a future uh, steeped in justice, the list of names that George Floyd has been added to will never end. Uh, we, have to, we have to use this moment to accelerate our nation's long journey towards justice and a more perfect union. And honestly, like, I couldn't put it any better ben and jerry movie. baby like ben and jerry. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hey, expect ben and jerry's to put it the best i could possibly like <laughs> see it put. I have a lot of ben and jerry's yoga right now and i'm happy we've been supporting them i did not know <laughs> yeah. that got a cherry get back garcia to the in my fridge right now let's go if we can order some ben and jerry's when we get back to the office that'd be great uh, we, we can do back, that but. we can do that <laughs> and, and honestly like jumping off what you were saying about the brands that kind of to me goes back to what i was saying earlier about like the the not getting offended when people call you out on stuff like we're a brand kind of funny as a brand and um you know we need to take action on all this and i think that it's very easy for um anyone to throw 
the meme around of uh, the insert the brand, brand here brand. says this. Ooh, blah, 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 somebody blah. did that to us the other night when we put up our statement. I got so mad. But here's the thing: you get mad. <laughs> you turn off take, the fucking phone. <laughs> but you should take that anger and then turn it around. And just keep doing what you're doing, which is the Wait, right say thing. Say that again. It's, what happened? There's there's that meme of the like insert brand here on black. Oh uh, black yeah, with yeah. the white text, and it's just. Bob, it's all generic stuff. It's like that's belittling all it's of cynical, this. Cynical, yeah. It's the where, same but, shit that always happens when this happens. Where the first, the people who don't agree with you and want to shut you down make you feel stupid for doing what you're doing. And that's and the thing is, don't feel stupid. Keep don't doing. you cannot feel stupid. And it's like if you feel like you're being called out, it's not about you. And like that's the thing that you just need to keep going and listen to that feedback. And next time, make a better step. I think a, a very, very key element of where me having to act this way is today there was like cool it's the blackout tuesday everyone uh, is gonna you know do x y and z and one of those things is post the black square what's yeah. the first thing that happens people post the black square there's people giving feedback of like no no, no you're you're uh, burying the voices this is about yeah, you're, don't do you're, it on hashtag you're, black, you're silencing black, black, and you're all this stuff and it's like there i saw so many people get mad about it. i was like well i'm just trying like whatever like you're I'm trying you're you're pushing me back whatever it's like don't get upset it's not about that listen to what they're saying and change your hashtag change the hashtag like, yeah that's yeah. it yeah like it's, it's that simple man it's like literally yeah. this is we keep saying it's about listening and it, it is it's about listening it's about acting and it's about listening and acting and listening and acting again and again and again and again until this starts working more and again it's never yeah. going to be fully finished but we need to just keep that cycle going to the brands thing too like you know like i I don't think that one really applies to us as far as like what the what the thing is like me and Kali were talking about this today because somebody somebody wrote into KFGD uh, talking about um, why Nintendo asking, yeah like it was like uh, Nintendo has been very silent like what are your thoughts on Nintendo not saying anything in regards to Black Lives Matter and like I very much like I I get it but I also have the response of like the Dave Chappelle stand up where he's like talking about 9-11 and and uh i think mtv or somebody was interviewing ja, uh, ja rule and dave Chappelle going like who, who gives a fuck about what ja rule has to say about it what does ja rule think and, <laughs> yeah and where real is quick, ja? though, bless i do i do just want to say there is an update to this um that uh an artist in nintendo confirms um they've not nintendo hasn't tweeted anything today and uh they haven't made a statement about it but they are matching donations uh and oh, double matching awesome. donations for employees so it's like that's really good they, they are doing things yeah um but yeah it's like to that to that point right like at the end of the day i don't give a fuck about what nintendo has to say about black lives right like i don't give a fuck <laughs> about what nintendo has to say about the police structure in the usa like i really do not i could not care less um the, the, the only reason I, the, oh sorry go, go ahead. for it i was oh, gonna say the, was, the only reason i care about that stuff and I know it's like so petty of me, but the only reason I want that and want all these brands to do this is only so the fucking people that don't agree with it go, oh, I'm pissed off. Fuck that. Like, I want them to know that they're being cast out. I want them to know yeah. that which is why like, that I, their I think views are fucked like, up, you know, <laughs> seeing seeing PlayStation and Call of Duty delay their their events and their seasons uh, the last couple of days. Right. And going to replies and seeing how angry people were. It's like. You know what, man? I'm going yeah, to buy an Xbox it, now. No, you're not. <laughs> like, Shut the fuck up, you I mean, I was having conversations earlier about the blackout scores on Instagram, right? And it was the thing of like, it can't, I, it's that thing of like, it kind of, it can, if, it, when I first heard it, I was like, that kind of seems stupid. And then I was like, well, and the more I thought about it, I was just like, wanting it to be this thing that you open, let's say you don't agree. Let's say you don't think Black Lives Matter, which is a ridiculous statement, but clearly people feel it, or you think this whole thing's overblown or whatever, whatever. To have you open up your social media and see that all the people you follow do think it matters is hopefully a step towards, maybe I should think this, listen to the argument. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't shut down. 
Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's important too, right? Because because the the idea of how this is in, inevitably and eventually going to be solved is that it's people are going to realize the absurdity in, in at the core of what racism is, in that it's just a weird, stupid perceived value of one person over another, and it has no foundation in reality. Really, it has zero. And so the the, the way that's going to get weeded out, and I hate to, I don't want to boil it down to this. This is going to sound insensitive, but is to have a a stronger branding campaign on the side of, of people who aren't racist as opposed to the opposite side. Right. And mm-hmm. to see a lot of companies who people look up to for various different reasons, come in and stand by that level of messaging is incredibly important. It's incredibly important that the companies that you look at, I mean, and I disagree with you, um, blessing just a little bit is like, I do care what Nintendo thinks because I want to support people that are on the, on the right side of history. Uh, and that's the side of history that I believe in. And for them to put their money where their mouth is, I think is incredibly important. And I think that like, because you have to look at how a lot of this, this stuff has been baked into generations. It's just, it's got to, at some point, and this is oversimplifying it, but it's got to stop being looked at as a positive thing. If you're, if you're from a family of people who don't, who are racist, we, we have to, we have to change that image uh, in the next, hopefully very soon, one, one to two generations, if we possibly can. But I think it's awesome that Nintendo is doing mm-hmm. that. That's really cool. Well, to to loop back around because I didn't even get I didn't even finish my point. My point was um, that I was driving to you was that like when it comes to that that brand meme, right, and like the purpose of it and what it's saying, right. Like a lot of it is like the, the heart of it is saying we get so many statements that aren't saying anything, that aren't doing anything, right. Like there's so many statements that, from brands that came out on Friday and Saturday that were like. Hey, we stand with black people, or hey, we disavow racism, and it's like that's the that's the easiest we can racism say, is right? bad, like racism yeah. is bad. That's the thing that we all agree with. Like even the people, even the people that I don't agree with, agree with that that racism is bad. Um, that's why, like when as it applies to kind of funny as a brand, right? Where the person replied to the kind of funny tweet with that brand statement, if like one whatever feedback we can get, we should take and grow from it. But also, like kind of funny in that tweet was taking action, right? Like we were. Uh, changing up our content this week in order to in order to get more black voices on right we are donating we are doing a bunch of stuff with kind of funny and so i don't necessarily take that brand that brand meme because i i agree with the meme like i think the meme is is very poignant in saying that like there's a lot of empty empty say like empty words uh coming yeah. from oh, sure. a bunch like, of brands bl- like blizzard saying it and it's like Come on, the NFL cool. are you are you are you doing the NFL saying like it. oh fuck my god off. oh yeah the, the NFL saying the Washington fucking Redskins who have a fucking racial slur in their name saying it like you see AOC on, go man. after them huh no AOC went after them for that oh really no I didn't they're like that. change your fucking name you can't say oh, this really change I your fucking that. name <laughs> but yeah like that, that I I think when I when I want or when brands want to speak out uh and actually like take a stance and take a position uh with this sort of thing like my preferred thing would be to see some sort of action that actually seems like it takes 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 sacrifice um and so like when i i look at playstation and the call of duty things right and they're moving their events right like that's the thing that actually affects how the company goes and of course those are also like there's marketing looped into that and there's like pr and stuff that's why i looped into that too as far as like this week's not the week to launch a ps5 reveal event but well, they also could have just it, spun in any other way and said, like, we think, yeah. we believe now is the best time for video. Like, yeah, it's it's so yeah. weird one to kind of get around. <laughs> I mean, I and this is not to bash PlayStation at all, but undoubtedly someone was like, hey, this is a bad look, right? We should probably punt this. But to a degree, it is still hitting their pocketbook. And so you have to. You it is. Respect and that like well. their specific statement 
for me kind of brought it back a little bit of them being like, hey, we, we want to take a step back and let the voices that matter shine. Whatever right. like the intent was behind the push as far as like them as a company and them probably just not wanting to, to announce shit this week, them, them having that statement at the end of it tunes in the whole PlayStation audience that sees cool. that and goes, there's a bigger thing going on. And it, very, it seems like they're doing a, a thing in order to like help us focus in on what is going on. And they're sure, matching sure. donations. At least they're not tone deaf, yeah. right? <laughs> they're not just yeah. being like, oh, okay, here's our new console. It's like, okay, we get it. This ain't the biggest shit right now that people need to deal with. Well, let's take a step back. Sorry, Tim, I cut you off. No, I'm just saying, and PlayStation's matching donations. It's like, it's awesome. it isn't just words. It's like, you know, it's like all this stuff, it would affect their pocketbook one way or another. This goes back to what I'm saying. It's like, PlayStation needs to look at all this and not worry about the people that are criticizing them. They need to just keep listening to feedback and no making the what. right, exactly, make the right decisions. Just keep keep going. Yeah, agreed. It's a frustrating time to be alive. <laughs> the biggest <laughs> takeaway, obviously, I think, and, and there's a lot of takeaways. Donate if you can. Black Lives Matter, etc. Mainly vote. Register to vote. I think that's like we're talking about local elections for your sheriff. Uh, obviously, this national election coming up if you're in America for November. Uh, you know, I went and uh, with all this anger not knowing what to do with any of it i went and bought i mean i donated uh, to different organizations as well but i went and bought joe biden shirts I'm like all right let's go like it's time to get on fucking board like i gotta do what i can you know what i mean like, we all gotta do what we can to change this because it's yeah, just i don't right. i know i'm sounding like a broken record i don't even care don't get distracted there's gonna be so many distractions out there and there's so many fights that need to be fought don't fight ones that are gonna tire you out i agree with that 100 percent. be better to Trump, each other Trump. Also true. I agree. <laughs> also, <laughs> fuck your target. <laughs> if, 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 if I can't get rights, fuck your target. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trade-off, I guess. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, this is the kind of funny podcast each and every week. Four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each coming to bullshit around with each other. If you want to be a part of that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can be part of the show. Get it ad-free and get the exclusive post show we're about to record. Uh, you can also head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny podcast services around the globe each and every week to get it until next time we got a post show to do but it's been our pleasure to serve you